podcast. We had many, many on council and out in the community and out when we go to uh, see other municipalities. Uh, there's people asking us to bring back the podcast. We're back in, in the swing of it. Uh, sounds like podcast number 24. Yeah, number 24. But people are asking, yeah, I don't know. There's some people that say that we put their kids to sleep. Yeah. And then there's other politicians saying that is cool, right? Like, when are you guys CAOs. doing the next one, right? Yeah. yeah, yeah We've got some fans out there. Like, shout, oh, out to, shout out to Lacombe. Lacombe. Yeah. <laughs> Matthew. Yeah, we didn't know. Oh, you're mentioning his name. But uh, <laughs> yeah, uh, you know, we just saw him recently, a wonderful person. and. Uh, Talking about uh, how he listens to us, and it uh, especially when he can't go to sleep. Well, we're hearing, uh, they told us that they're trying something similar um, using Facebook, I believe, and doing a little bit just of a topic and live feed or something like that. So Yeah, so everybody, yeah. everybody's talking about how do you engage the, you know, your information to the public. Uh, so, you know, we, we've done the podcast, we've had some of the counselors on, and uh, we'll, can, we'll get back into the routine. Number 24, by the way, was a famous... Uh, Toronto Maple Leaf hockey player way back in the day when I used to go to Maple Leaf Gardens, a guy called Brian Glennie. So that's a shout out to all those Leaf fans out there that might be listening. Are, is, are you showing your age? Yeah, absolutely. I have no problem with that. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, I grew up in Maple Leaf Gardens, but uh, no, it's uh, good to be back. We, uh, you know, where do you begin? But I think uh, like you have on the, on the board here, our, our board of topics is uh, certainly was a busy summer. Oh, geez. Uh, between, uh, what is it, that rib fest that kind of started the season off? Uh, what, that was a great weekend in terms of heat and weather, extreme mud fest, uh, Chamber of Commerce feast on the beach. Uh, Canada Day. Off Canada days. Day, and then um, the summer rush. Yep. Uh, boy, holy man. That was, I think, all but one weekend or two weekends pretty much had full-on events uh, going on all through the summer and uh, into the fall. That's incredible. Yeah, so the idea, I mean, uh, councils, uh, you know, through their, their funding there, uh, through the community group, group community groups, is uh, certainly there's, you know, at least a, a big four ter- type of uh, groups that are out there putting on events in the summertime. And uh, the idea is to try to get that to be a regular event. Uh, and so, of course, next year uh, in July, mid-July, is the air show, which will be the 100th uh, anniversary of the RCF. And that'll be a great show. I think uh, not only just the air show, there is a week that there's planned for a bunch of uh, um, kind of events throughout the week. Uh, there's going to be some planning of a gala. Yeah, May. Um, right after May long weekend. Uh, Freedom of the Cities, some marches going on, some some pretty significant uh, events for the 100th anniversary. Yeah, so the, the wing's working on that and it'll be, uh, you know, we'll have another march down the, the city and and maybe this time uh, the wing commander can have uh, Cole Lake. Maybe we'll, we'll just give him the keys. Maybe that's an option for us, but uh, <laughs> just having fun with, with Dave. But, I, uh, well, you know, that may work. You know, it could could we fall under, uh, like the city of Cole yeah. Lake is like a department of the Department of National Defense? Yeah, maybe that's one way of getting pelt paid. But, um, you know, it's... Right uh, it's uh, oh, I love it. Oh, yeah. wow. That's great. Well, we offered the city of Cold Lake a long time ago to an oil company, but they wouldn't, uh, they, they didn't want to, they wanted to bite. But uh, I know it's going to be a great, uh, you know, we had a great summer busy. The smoke in August really impacted uh, a lot of people um, and a lot of events. I know that uh, 
some of the outdoor activities, you know, did you know had issues with the smoke. But uh, let's hope uh, we get a lot of moisture this winter. We had a major project out there uh, right at the beginning of uh, of the uh, season, which was uh, the marina dredging project. Uh, now you have your boat in the marina there, mm-hmm. a nice uh, nice spot there off the end of one of the yeah, piers. I, guess so. I don't know about that. <laughs> did you hear uh, being out there all the time? You got out there lots. It was a, it was a soft, I did not get out as much as I'd like near the end of the year I did, but, uh, you know, we're very lucky in Coal Lake and area to have, you know, the, the lake, the lakes that we do, but Coal Lake certainly is one of the best lakes in Alberta for sure. Uh, unfortunately the water is really dropped significantly on the lake. Uh, you know, certainly November right now, it looks like it's uh, going to be possibly the, the lowest level we've had all season. Um, you know, we need the moisture. A lot of people may not know this, but our lake is sort of filled up from uh, Primrose Lake, which is north of uh, north of Coal Lake, uh, and, uh, and it gets a lot of moistures from kind of the the bog up there, and then come in down the Martineau and into Coal Lake, and so hopefully we can get some water and bring uh, the lake up by a couple of feet. We we have a long ways to go. Some of the sailboats uh, I know struggled uh, with their long keel uh, to get out of the marina this year, and uh, dredging, uh, dredging the dredging was good occurred yeah. uh, did you get any feedback in regards to the dredging i think uh, people realize the, the the water think i think a lot of people were thankful that the city probably took what about a foot and a half of muck out of uh, out of the water there. but certainly the weeds came back <laughs> strong again and i you know i that that uh, soil in there there's so much richness and uh, i know that um that marina uh, has a culvert that's sort of plugged at the one end yeah. and which is good because i think it it would be really challenging because the marina is tight especially when it was built, you know, nobody really had really big boats back when it was built. And now, of course, it's, you know, with the uh, the pontoon boats and, and everybody's getting into the 20 plus foot boats. Yeah, the marina the experts tight. told us that uh, they don't recommend opening those culverts and start creating a little bit of a current in there worse than, you know, the wind does carry you a little bit when there is some uh, breeze, but uh, the, adding another anomaly of a current within the uh, the marina would just add more complexity to a tight uh, maneuver for many of these boats. No, the marina is uh, amazing. And, and so like, look at the little feature that we brought down there was a kayak storage uh, lockers. They're all full booked up, um, you know, kayaking, paddle boarding on this lake, you know, who would have thought, I mean, it's a big body of water. But uh, what's very deceiving is it's very calm. A lot of time, a great uh, shutout about uh, the lake itself and the marina was when they hosted that uh, wake uh, surf competition. Oh, right. The one day. That was another uh, event. That was really cool. And, uh, you know, had riders coming in from all over Alberta. uh, And uh, they were just blown away by um, the the facilities. A couple of locals won. Yeah, they, they did that, well. and did uh, well in that tournament. And yeah, yeah. It was great. And I hope they come back again. I was, uh, you know, shout out to a local guy, Todd, there. He put it on. Uh, uh, got very the involved. The sponsor of that one or the lead sponsor was which marine? Um, Wizard Lake. Wizard Lake yeah. Marine. Yeah, Wizard Lake's a big, uh, big marine shop out of Alberta and has a lot of the higher end uh, 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 ski boats. We see a lot of them on the lake. But it's interesting. I mean, you know, a big body of water and, and be calm for so much uh, of the time. And so it's... Uh, couple of guys I talked to just were blown away. They go to Sylvan Lake and into Kelowna a lot and said, you know what? I'm going to come back with my big boat 
and uh, and give it a whirl because they didn't have to bring their boats up here. Wizard Lake had the boat, and everybody sort of did their thing behind that. And the, and don't want to take anything away from Lakeside Marine, who's really busy yeah. in town, uh, taking care of all the the yeah. regional stuff here. Yeah, so. they don't sell though, right? Um, but uh, you know, that's our one of our issues on the high end boats. We don't really have a seller up in this area for the big the big boats. Um, you know, people have to shop around, of course. But no, it was great, and then. You know, we're doing a major project right now, uh, tying into that whole marina thing. Well, is Lakeshore uh, Drive. Lake Shore Drive. Uh, I mean, you know, being on the water, seeing uh, the, the 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 diggers, whatever you guys call them, things. Uh, what is a backhoe? Uh, what's well, the? You're big? confusing me. That's very untechnical. Whatever, whatever those big things with the scoop, <laughs> whatever they're called. Um, excavators, excavators. Yeah, they, it was it was kind of neat watching them right on the bank, uh, scooping away. And I think we had a couple, uh, Charburn had a couple uh, of their diggers out there and uh, made a really nice look. And then, of course, you could watch that and the trees were coming down. And then they're trying the to neighbors. Bench, they're trying to put a bench down there so that way when the, uh, the, the piling rig arrives that the sheet piling can start being installed. So yeah, that's can, what they're doing there. And I, I understand the, that those guys start coming into town soon. I, I believe it was uh, this, this week or next week. So it's kind of, yeah. When this uh, podcast gets aired, it's kind of imminently, or may already be uh, be arriving because we ha- haven't been down there for a few days. So yeah, you know, I encourage all the neighbors along there to go visit your 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 workers there. Maybe bring them hot chocolate or coffee. But I know some of the the, the people that live down there just blown away by now the change and how the look of the lake. You know, get the morning sunrise there; it's quite spectacular. But a lot of people, I mean, uh, people are saying, why are we spending money on that? What a people, a lot of people don't know is the bank is failing, the road was separating, and we've got, you know, very, very old infrastructure underneath that road. So we have to do something. Uh, we waited quite a while on that project, uh, and now we're pulling the trigger. Uh, we've got all our approvals, and it's going to be exciting once that's completed. Again, uh, we've got uh, George Harris on that project in terms of the design and, and have a really nice walking path. That yeah, have some of, some of those characteristics that are from Canusa Beach and then the marina bringing it kind of all together in the uh, in between there, right? So No, it, it was interesting. It's a different perspective over there. It's going to be a great walking path. And then we're, we're doing one one pathway down to the water. Yeah, I believe that there's some accesses there. Uh, I think it depended on the final design and because there is challenges on that building that wall. You, like you can really notice now that the trees are removed, the height differential between water level and the top of bank, it's, there's a lot of, a uh, lot of height there. So, um, it's, it just making sure that, uh, cause it is cantilevered above the ground there. So, uh, the, the wall has to do certain specifications in order to be able to do certain things. So, um, we are, I think in the design had about two accesses down there. So yeah. Yeah. We'll see what we can do. I mean, it is the great wall of Cold Lake. So, um, you know, Donald Trump couldn't build his wall, but we're going to build our wall this winter. And, uh, and, and, and it's going to, it's going to be great, uh, once it's all finished and just compliment, uh, Kinnisu beach. And it's amazing how many people are, you know, walking their animals, just walking with their kids or their jogging so it's going to be a it's going to be a great feature and then of course uh you know we had a big change of a couple of the restaurants down there and so there's some a new change of ownership so it, it all blend uh well down there at the uh, at, at the beach and uh you know it's it's uh got so much potential for commercial development down at uh, that whole uh marina um are you hinting to some of the, the owners down there well i just think it's got amazing potential and i, th- I you know I, it, time to look at investing i mean we, we're sitting in our community with a lot of uh, vacant commercial land, and, and so we have that uh, coming in front of council is an, is is kicking the tire on, on that. Is 
there's some key properties in Coal Lake uh, that have sat dormant for many, many years. And how do we spur uh, development, uh, either on a positive sign uh, to stimulate growth through in- incentives, or you know, do we penalize them with a small, uh, different type of mill rate? But we got to do something. It's a delicate balance, yeah. and and I think uh, you're right in terms of that uh, that bylaw, that conversation um, is only just starting. And uh, council just wants to review what does it look like, um, what are kind of potential implications and and and, and stuff like that. So, um, yeah. Well, yeah. you know where you notice that we've had recently some uh, people come in into Coal Lake uh, and kick the tires. And so when you sort of look at property around Coal Lake, there's not a lot of necessarily properties for sale or for developable. So uh, some properties have been sitting there for a while, and 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 when you sort of describe them to people, they go, oh, "Really." And so, um, you know, they got some great ideas, some people, and, uh, you know, we'll see where we go from that. Uh, you know, we, we had, um, um, you know, we, we've got this rural renewal stream for, um, Oh, the, uh, Alberta Advantage Immigration Program. Yeah. I mean, your staff, uh, are doing a fabulous job on that. Um, and really, uh, that is really, you know, when I meet a, a person that has a business in Coal Lake. They really compliment the staff on that program and, and their expertise in getting, and people are thankful that the city got involved and now are seeing success of workers coming in their community. Uh, uh, staff sitting in front of me. I don't know if you guys can uh, tell us uh, how many uh, applications or I should say uh, referrals, uh, letters of support have we uh, issued? I think we're into the hundred, aren't we? About 30 a month. Andrew, that you might hear in the background, is uh, saying, "Yeah, about about thirty applications a month that the city uh, the city is uh, is spinning out um, with, uh, and those app those approvals require the applications behind them. So the city's getting on that pace for applications from uh, local businesses in that pace as well. So um, yes, you do have a lot of uh, uh, people that are applying, a lot of people that are looking to come to the community. Yeah." Yeah, we had a couple, you know, a couple franchises now. New franchises coming to Colic. They're looking for workers, and then of course, a big change over at uh, uh, with Primco Denny's building. Now the hard deck. We did a, a grand opening there. That was uh, that is a, an impressive change uh, on their venue uh, from what they Memphis Blues now over to the hard deck. You know, shout out to them. Uh, when I drive by, their their parking lot is pretty full, and so it's all about entertainment and trying to. Um, you know, bring as much to the to, to people to go around to the different venues to eat. We've got a wide variety of uh, restaurants in Coal Lake. Mm. Yep. You you like to eat? Oh, I like to eat. Yeah. So you, I Mike mean, we like to eat. When last, last yesterday we went out to a, another place that because uh, we usually try to go out to a well, different the barberito. Place. Yeah, barberito. We, you know, we try to you and me get out for lunch and and try to try to see everybody. You know, there were <clears throat> I did get approached by a, a a gentleman here in City Hall last night or end of the afternoon, pretty upset um, with um, the vagrancy that's going on in south of town. And, and just, uh, you know, you know, he's at it, he's him and his wife uh, own a couple of businesses over there and they're just pulling their hair out. Uh, just let's, let's talk about uh, yep. homelessness, vagrancy. I yep. think that's a good topic in itself, right? Uh, at the, uh, the fall, just after summer now, that moved into the Alberta Muni's Convention, uh, the municipalities of uh, mayors and councils, uh, all across the province convened in Edmonton. Um, and a lot of those discussions were social disorder type of issues 
um, in all of the sessions, uh, the general discussions, a lot of the um, kind of the on the floor voting for resolutions uh, for lobbying the provincial government. So um, um, that seems to be a heavy or hot topic of conversation throughout not only Cold Lake, Alberta, Canada, North America, there's, there's, there's a definite uh, similarity that's happening here, right? Exactly. I mean, we know some of the numbers coming out of the shelter uh, here in Coal Lake that the numbers have basically doubled in one year. I think it's just, it's over doubled uh, in terms of ID. I think we had um, back in January about 28 or it was in the mid to high 20s in terms of contact ID. I think we're well into the one uh, 120s now in terms of contact ID. Now that qualify my comment when I say contact IDs, not all those people are still here, right? So um, on an ongoing basis, probably the way you're looking at it with your lens is uh, the double the amount of people that are here. Yeah, you can see the contact IDs have gone up much more. On an ongoing basis, we're well over double, yeah. And you know, for those that don't know, we, we brought in a couple of different policies. Uh, you know, we, we try and enforce the, uh, the, you know, not setting up camps. And so we come in and we take down the camps as soon as we can, we can get to it. Some of the camps are on private land, but also the curfew on, on uh, the back alleys and that. And, uh, but just, um, there's a lot of wandering of people and not everybody is staying at the shelter. And, uh, and so there's a lot of loitering and, uh, and there is, uh, there's a lot of panhandling, uh, aggressive panhandling at times at certain businesses. And we have to sort of, um, there's a balance on what our bylaw officers, uh, municipal enforcement can do, the RCMP, uh, under the statutes right now. Well, I think it's, it's not only just uh, under the statutes, I think it's public acceptance as well. Because uh, while you do have many local residents that are, you know, raising concerns with regard to vagrancy, the items being stolen, why is the city can't do something and remove these individuals? And then you do have another um, audience and set of people that are frustrated that the city of Cold Lake is coming down hard on them. In fact, actually, when the city is removing some of these tents or some of these individuals, people coming out with uh, their phones saying, why are you doing this? Uh, you know, you shouldn't be doing this to, to homeless people. So it's a definitely uh, a balance and, and, and you got two opposing views in this issue. Um, all the while is, uh, you know, we do have a mandate uh, from city council wanting us to be uh, more assertive in regards to um, the handling of the camps. I think we've seen that throughout the community with how many we've removed. Um, some of them actually have no, because uh, you can see outside that it's starting to get colder. Um, we've actually had them go down into the uh, storm sewers that are starting to set up camp as well. So we are having to move uh, uh, camps from the, from the sewers as well. So um, it's an ongoing issue. I, I, you know, I don't like using it because it's a little bit derogatory, but it is a little bit of a whack-a-mole program because you, you take down a tent and another one is there and then and, and it's, and it's, uh, it's always moving around. And uh, the city does get ongoing complaints and concerns on a daily basis that we're trying to manage at this point. Yeah, so we we've gone to a couple uh, uh, recently uh, some visits to see some ministers, uh, you know, Minister Dictions and then Minister of Justice. We had a great meeting with Minister Ju Justice, uh, uh, Minister Mickey Amory, and uh, you know he he showed up. He knew the file very well. Uh, you know, he suggested uh, that they would look at uh, the Cold Lake uh, Courthouse in terms of uh, bringing in more court time and uh, look at uh, the amount of prosecutors that they have. But certainly, I think he shared his frustrations with sort of the the, the sentencing from the, the direction from the federal the revolving government. door yeah. issue that is 
prevalent in the uh, judicial system. Yeah, and I think the the issue is, is okay. So if someone's aggressively panhandling or doing petty theft, um, shoplifting, uh, you know, uh, spray painting, uh, getting in, you know, pretty aggressive in front of people, you know, that are trying to get out of their vehicle, you know, the 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 the, the person that gets charged is not really facing any time. In fact, might not even go might not even go in front of the judge. And and so when we met with them. The idea was, yeah, we realize that you're going to come in and and, uh, and try to enforce uh, heavier crimes more in Alberta. But it's this other softer crime that is driving uh, residents and business community up the wall. What was we, the... Had, uh, we had that uh, one business owner we know slept in his business the third night to try to catch the, you know, the person trying to break into his business, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's. Pretty- I think that's happened a few times, and uh, I've also heard that from a couple of residents as well that have done that as well. Yeah. But th- that being said, with uh, you're right with the meeting with Minister of Justice, uh, he was very uh, um, briefed on the file for Cold Lake. Um, in that conversation, uh, you remember the uh, discussion surrounding the uh, the Crown prosecutors within our region. Um, he had the numbers right in front of him, um, and he drew some concerns about as well for the Crown prosecutors. Not not saying that they're not doing things right or wrong. He was concerned about resources in terms of, um, you know, there's a lot of young um, uh, individuals coming through the system right now. And uh, it seemed like the Northeast didn't have a lot of, um, we'll call it the uh, gray hair factor in terms of some experience as well. So a lot of younger individuals and whether they needed some support with some uh, some more seasoned um, individuals within the system in the Northeast area. Yeah, he's a former lawyer. I know if you become a minister elected, you lose your lawyer ability. But I don't he's think a, so. He's a lawyer by trade and a super guy, and uh, and so he, he really knows the file. So I, I think he he was going to take a hard look at 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 the situation up here in the Northeast and Cool Lake in particular. And then we had a great uh, meeting with uh, Minister Williams uh, in regards to you know looking at the situation up here for um, you know mental health and for. For uh, drugs in in terms of helping people, mm-hmm. and uh, you know, up in the, the northeast, we really lack a facility, a detox. Um, we have uh, the Bonneville Hospital has a uh, some rooms there, one or two rooms there for anybody having mental health uh, problems and needs to stay overnight. We don't have that in Coal Lake Hospital, and you know, the only options for them is to drive them to St. Paul or up to Fort McMurray. And you're you, you're tying up an RCMP member when you're doing that, you know. So what I think we're really trying to do is lobby um, for both programs, uh, mental health and addictions, and and you know we're willing as a municipality uh, to work with the province to try to find the land if that's what's required, and 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 you know lobby to try to get a, a long term detox facility up in in this area. Our ML, uh, MLA Scott Sear was involved in uh, the meeting with the minister. And uh, provided input as well to kind of some of the visions for the region as well. So, yeah. um, but I, I would probably it, debriefing from those two meetings, uh, um, uh, a shout out to the province and to the ministers that we did to talk about. They were very educated and well briefed on the file, specifically around Cold Lake and the Lakeland region. They seem to be well attuned um, to our concerns. Um, and uh, they were able to answer specific questions regarding our region. And it wasn't high level. It was a very, uh, you know, we, we were able to get a lot of work done and it wasn't just high level. Yeah, usually you get 30 minutes uh, with a minister if you're lucky and, and both meetings went a bit longer, which we appreciate. And then both ministers said they were going to come up to the area. You know, right now they're sitting in the ledge for a while, but, you know, hope is in the new year we can get a couple of people out and really look at Colic. We've got a couple of files, like 
whatever, it's really changed over the last 10 years or so, uh, the dynamics of, of what we're now lobbying for as a municipality. Uh, you know, it used to be that you worried about lift stations and plumbing and, and recreation, and now you're looking at the social issues that we have in our community, whether it's mental health, addictions, the crime, uh, the meth that's involved, the homelessness. And uh, so it's really changed. Um, you know, let's hope... Uh, you know, yeah, meth, fentanyl, and fentanyl laced, right? Yeah, yeah. We've we've lost a few people to overdoses in our community. You know, it's a tough. It, you know, the RCMP and the bylaw, you know, missile enforcement. It's a tough uh, watchdog security that does patrols for us. I mean, that's a tough, a tough job out there right now because you're you're seeing the same people, and and it's just a repeat. Bring them into, put them in the jail for the night. And then they're back out repeating, and and we have a we have a lack of uh, respect going on there. Uh, people need to start respecting one another, one another's property, and uh, there has to be some kind of a change here, a significant change, where this kind of behavior has has to be taken out of it. And we have to really try to bring people back. I mean, uh, we have a serious mess problem here, and in other communities, talking to other mayors. Uh, uh, everybody's, you know, I mean, I was at a, a a thing there where small little farming towns in southern Alberta have homeless people. Like, who would have thought? And uh, it's just, it, it's everywhere right now. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Now, you mentioned uh, dog. Uh, um, we have a new dog, uh, yeah. a police dog service, uh, uh, not the handler, but we have a new dog. Yeah, it's going to be great. I mean, Chase is a different a profile uh, than Harp. I mean, Harp was a massive dog. Uh, Chase is a little bit different profile, but he's he's done well and he's out there uh, having fun. And uh, sounds like he's already been engaged uh, a number of times already in terms of called for service to to help out track and tracking and of individuals. Yeah, and he's got a great handler. I mean, uh, the, the great partnership and uh, and the good thing about uh, Chase was uh, uh, the handler um, brought him up as a pup, and which is fantastic. And so there'll be, I'm sure, a strong bond there, and I'm sure Harp is on the couch when he comes home and says, Hey, how, how was your day? You know, tell me how it went. Well, Harp was, uh, uh, he worked, he worked hard in his career. Oh yeah. Uh, especially in cold Lake. Uh, I think top uh, dogs in Canada. Yeah. I, that's why I said, uh, yeah, he was one of the busiest, uh, PDS uh, service provider in yeah, all of Canada in terms of stats and engagement. Right. So yeah, we had a fundraiser for him this summer. It went really well. Um, and, uh, you know, great little organization and raised a lot of money for the, and that's, you know, what people don't realize when you take in a retired service dog, um, some of the dogs are, you know, they've seen a lot and, and they've got some wear and tear in their body. And so you're going to have to pay for a lot of operations. And it was at each hole, they actually had a story about, uh, about a service dog. And, uh, it was pretty, uh, pretty emotional reading, uh, what, uh, what these dogs have gone through. And, uh, so we wish, uh, Harp all the best at retirement. Maybe he might want to, you know, take a trip to California or Florida and just rest for a while. Well, uh, I know that uh, you take your dad down to uh, the nice warm weather and it, it does good for the bones. That's right. The humidity. And so maybe we should take carp with us. So uh, we'll have to, we'll have to look into that. I <laughs> know uh, it's, uh, you know, we're, we're, it was a great idea back uh, a few years ago when council wanted to dive into this. And, uh, and, and I think it's something that now is part of, our community and other communities are, are trying to get into it. It was always interesting finding out that you don't want to have too many dogs in your region because uh, you want your dog to be active. Yeah, for training an ongoing level, right? In, in terms of the utilization, right? Yeah, you don't want to saturate the market of uh, 
of having PDS in the region. So yeah. talking about dogs and cats, to really flip it around. I mean, we've we've taken uh, we've had a, a disease outbreak at the animal shelter. Yeah, distemper. Distemper, and uh, and so you know when all the animals uh, come down with the, the same disease, I mean it, it's unfortunate, but you have to put them down. And uh, when you're in the business of looking after animals or fish, um, you know this is very common, and uh, you know. You just can't um, be be passing that animal that's uh, contagious over to another um, non for profit shelter or another shelter, and then that that virus is just passed on to the other animals. So, uh, you know, we took our, our due diligence, took some advice from professionals, and then put the animals down. And yeah. so, it, it's I, unfortunate. Nobody, especially the workers over there, it's pretty emotional to uh, to have to deal with it. But uh, uh, it's a mixture of issues as well, right? Because uh, one of the challenges post COVID is um, one is uh, there seems to be a lot of pets that are within the system. All Western Canada, in terms of uh, uh, adoption center engagement for the city of Cold Lake, and this is not just us; it's it's municipalities all across Western Canada. Um, everything's full. So, um, there seems to be a saturation of amount of pets that are in region and whether that's directly related to COVID because people got pets and stuff like that while they're isolated at home and whatnot. Um, there seems to be a, some correlation there. Um, so having to place animals is, is, gets to be uh, very difficult. And then, uh, the second piece is the conversation around, um, because overall numbers in Cold Lake, um, from previous years have gone down tremendously for what the city takes because uh, pri- previously when we were not providing the service, the numbers were about uh, in the four to 500 range. It was, it was, it was a significant number and yeah. now we're down to a couple hundred, but the issue comes down to you. The numbers are down, but we can't get the animals uh, out to adoption centers and whatnot because nobody's taking them um, or they're just taking maybe, you know, sometimes the puppies and stuff like that, probably because they are, they're easier to adopt and whatnot. So there is a challenge overall within the market. Uh, the city will take a look at some options in regards to how it approaches it as it going forward. That's unrelated to the uh, disease component, but uh, that happened. Uh, I believe the number was around, uh, unfortunately, because because of the the type of disease, it, it uh, these pets were being advised that they're probably going to have a significant neurological disease or, or dysfunction afterwards. That uh, you know, I think the number was around eleven dogs and uh, a couple of cats that were there. But um, the number, you know, is unfortunate, and uh, uh, there is a season for that. As uh, we've talked to the uh, the vets and uh, the uh, humane societies around uh, the province, but. Um, the facility is uh, cleaned up and just about ready to go. We're just trying to find, uh, sort out some operations in the uh, facility right now. Yeah, and I mean, I, if people are interested in in, a, in adopting, uh, you know, fluffy or whatever, um, I mean, the, can they come to the animal shelter and uh, and 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 adopt an animal? Well, the city of Cold Lake has tried to, time. yeah, try to avoid that. Uh, we wanted the adoption centers to be able to do, do that com- component. Um, whether the city of Cold Lake is looking, uh, look at an di- alternative approach to that, we, we'll, we'll see. Yeah. yeah. So we try to hand off the animal after it's stayed for, and some of these animals were staying inside that building for quite a long time. Yeah. Well, that's part of the challenge, right? Is uh, when your bylaw says you keep your pets uh, for three to 10 days and they're there now for three to six months that, you know, that's very hard on the animal as well. So we need to find an alternative approach to, to, to it. Yeah. yeah so working sure. on that file. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And, and something to note was, is, um, you know, when 
it's unfortunate to a certain degree because if the most of the animals are licensed within the uh, community, the uh, dogs and cats, um, we'd be able to find the owners very quickly, right, within the tags. Um, in our case, uh, you know, the city tried to go out there we, we, um, in terms of doing free animal licenses um, for over a year. So that way we can, we can get those numbers up. Um, but we are still seeing probably over 80% of the, uh, animal licenses, uh, are, are, are the animals coming in that are not licensed. And so it's making it very difficult to uh, define the owners and whatnot. So it would be, uh, it would be nice if we can get those numbers up. Um, of course, on the other side, you know, in terms of boarding and the costs, uh, of, of the uh, facility, we are looking at, uh, um, the, uh, the costs that are there as well. Yeah, so let's change the subject and really talk about something that, because uh, I've been on council for a long time, uh, finally, we're investing in the staff and building a public workshop. So it, it uh, we just did the, the sod turning the other day, great little location down by the museum. Uh, the city has four 40-acre parcels in that in that block there, one, one with the museum, uh, one with the motocross track. Uh, one also involved kind of with the bike park type of thing. And now we're going to dedicate some land for the public workshop and uh, be, it'll be more central location and it's going to be a really nice building. And, and finally uh, our staff will have some bit of space and the mechanics I think are probably the, the most, you know, happiest of everybody, I think on your crew. Oh, I don't know if there's the most happiest. I think they're all pretty, you know, that uh, when you're in that old public works operation center where they are right now on 16th and 16th on the corner there, it's, uh, it's tight. It's, uh, it's, it's a tired facility. Um, it's very difficult in terms of trying to even operate within because uh, you've, especially these, uh, you know, as we're going into the winter months is the big example is, is that you have to put your fleet inside of a warmer place or at least a chill taken off. So that way sand doesn't completely freeze over and, uh, and then to go out sanding first thing in the morning. But yet, um, if the mechanics need to be there in order to try to maintenance things, you can't have those things in the, so there's, there's moving things in, moving things out, which they waste a lot of time in order to do things there. So this will definitely uh, streamline a lot of that. So maybe, uh, uh, talk about, uh, on that, on that one, we're going to do construction management. What does that mean? So, um, for people that are the listeners, there is different ways to procure big capital projects and, you know, your, what, uh, is defined as traditional is when you design, a a, a road or, or facility, uh, you bid it out as a, a whole, when the, when, the, when it's all designed and you got one lump sum price that's come in from a contractor and then you, and you award that to a contractor and they start to build. So that's a design bid build method of uh, procurement process. There is a number of different, uh, alternative ways to do procurement of contracts. There's a, um, design builds that you hire a contractor and, a, uh, and an architect all at the same time. And they provide you with the budget right at there. There's a cost of budget at the forefront and then they design your facility. That's much, very much like when you build a house, if you went to one of your local builders, they're going to, you're going to want a certain layout. Maybe it's a, uh, a split level, Custom. right. And then here's the price and then, and, and then there's spec built, you know, there's, there's different ways there in terms of procurement, but when it, when it comes to start to talk about these big ones, the construction management is kind of the loosest of them all is, is that at the forefront, you hire just a, one of the 
a contractor that's going to look after the entire project, but nothing's been built yet. Nothing's been bitted out. None of the trades in terms of concrete, foundation, steel, electrical, none of that has. You just hire the kind of the facilitator of the project and there's already a pre-agreed to profit margin or profit that is on there and overhead. And then uh, at that point, uh, as soon as the design final designs start to come in, they start to tender each of those disciplines when it comes to foundations, landscaping, doors, locks, windows. Um, and, and as those designs start to get finalized, all those sub trades are starting to get tendered out. This allows an opportunity. One is to be a little bit more flexible because, uh, um, on a lot of big projects, as you know, when you award it to some of the big contractors, they kind of look at it with their own lens and their own trades in a lot of ways, right? Not always, but in a, it, it's heavy weight that way. In this way, uh, your municipality or the owner can now kind of maybe hand select a few of the sub-trades and, and have opportunities to have local content and local bidders on some of those sub-trade areas, such as drywall, um, you know, electric uh, and wiring and uh, and doors and stuff like that. So that does provide those that value for that. And uh, um, we saw those values in, uh, I think, the... Uh, uh, Imperial Oil Place uh, was done that way, uh, the main event arena, the uh, uh, FCSS building, and the fire hall was all done by construction managers. Right, the fire hall too, eh? Yeah. Well, the, best, the best thing I thought was the architects have kept your color theme. I think that was one of the best things this city's ever done is sort of pick some colors and run with it, whether it's the buses, uh, the fire hall, the you know, FCSS, the energy center, and of course, the public workshop keeps up uh, with the colors. So. Uh, you know, it's great that we have sort of that, uh, as our, as our, as our logo colors or whatever it's called, but, uh, it's going to be exciting as what a two year build. I would say that it's going to be about two years by the time all said and done and commissioned and, and stood up. Anybody hasn't been out to the bike park. It's, it's quite spectacular. They, they, they that volunteer group has done a tremendous job with that bike park and, uh, they've got the skills park. Also. I went on there this summer. You, oh my goodness. And you didn't get hurt. Yeah. Well, you know, I didn't get hurt, but, uh, that's pretty impressive. Um, you know, there's a couple that was near misses on wipeouts, but, uh, and of course I was going still pretty slow, but, uh, um, yeah, I, you know, you can get some wicked air on some of that stuff yeah, hope, and that's pretty scary. I hope they bring a type of provincial competition out there. Cause it would be really cool to see some of those kids, uh, you know, what they can do out there. I mean, just off, watching them at the skateboard park and one of the other big projects we completed, uh, this summer was the basketball new basketball court out at the energy center uh that that came along and uh, the contractor did a fabulous job on that one too yeah it's already been used pretty heavily but now the field house has uh, basketball nets and a, and a whole new flooring system yeah the floor is nice i think it's uh, gonna play well uh, like it said in the press release for concerts with that color uh and so it's i didn't realize you guys got six uh, pickleball courts in there that's what i was told yeah yeah, yeah they were able to fit an additional one, I think it was there. Yeah. So yeah. those. I think there was some confusion happy. on the weekend because I kept being told that we reduced it to three, but I think I think some wrong lines were being looked at and yeah. stuff. There is a lot of lines that are on there, right, yeah. for the different uh, different types of uh, sports, volleyball, tennis, and all that, right? So it, it yeah. can get a little bit confusing if you don't know what colors you're looking at. Yeah. Yeah, we had a lot of uh, you know events. We had the provincial soccer came out uh, this summer. We had the fighter jets again with a successful football season. And then, of course, uh, right into the uh, to the kids, uh, you know, high school bantam peewee uh, football, uh, you know, over at the uh, artificial turf. Uh, it's amazing. It almost feels like you're in a U.S. town, but the crowds are getting for uh, youth football. Isn't that uh, cool? That is pretty spectacular. Yeah, I mean, they're rivaling the junior A crowd that uh, that you get, and so it's uh, it talks about community spirit and. Uh, 
you know, I think people are pretty blown away by not only the quality of the turf uh, that we do for the sports fields. Um, I watched a, a parent just, you know, was so impressed with the grass uh, for the provincial uh, tournament. Uh, this is the stuff that's grown. Uh, well, the growing uh, ones yeah, on, not the, uh, the, uh, on the smoking yep. kind, but um, um, really, you know, blown away by the quality and the provincial reps. Uh, not about the smoking kind. The, yeah, I finally got that joke. Uh, the provincial guys uh, really liked the the quality of the turf, and of course, uh, minor ball when they had a couple of uh, uh, of the provincials uh, liked the facilities. You know, there's there's a there's a lot to be said about the vision about. Uh, bring in quality recreation and then let, leave it up to the coaches and the organizations to try to bring the tournaments here. And we're, and we're very generous, I think, on our, our sponsorship and hopefully it can continue. But, uh, you know, we had a big award, talking about awards, uh, Communities in Bloom. That Communities was, in Bloom. Yeah, the national award. Yeah, and, and that's, you know, everybody in, in town knows about uh, the staff and, and the quality of work they do with the flowers. It's, it's quite something in our, in our, and it's not just the flowers, right? Uh, That was one of the, we always, the communities in bloom used to be that, and it's kind of really evolved to overall community atmosphere. Mm -hmm. Um, our, uh, landscape architecture, which is in part kind of the flowers and stuff like that environment, uh, um, environmental policies, uh, and overall, you know, visiting all the parks, the landfills, the, uh, you know, the entire community now is kind of uh, marked on it and not just a single component now. So yes, yeah, yeah. staff deserve all the credit. And of course, all the volunteers behind community blooms in, in Coal Lake and then just the community itself, uh, you know, they commented about how the businesses and, and uh, the residents were getting very involved in the program. So good. A shout out to, uh, to everybody on, on that. And, and they went up to Fort McMurray and got the national board and, uh, and that's fantastic. Councilor Vicky Lefebvre was up yeah, there. Too. Vicky was up there and, yep. And uh, Jazz from the city was there. Uh, and, uh, you know, it's a, you know, your staff, I mean, they, they do such a phenomenal job. And so we're pretty lucky to have it. Um, the, uh, you know, we really need to talk about the colors next year, though, because. Uh, colors of the. The flowers, the colors of the flowers. I think we're going to go with a Toronto Maple Leaf theme next year. I don't know year. if it's a Toronto Blue Maple Leaf theme. Uh, uh, again, back to the. Uh, there is a uh, the 100th anniversary oh, uh, Air Force theme, so I don't know. We're going to change it up to that. Yeah, I, I would say that that trumps with the uh, the idea of going. Oh dear. Yeah, yeah. All right. Tried to tried tried to help Larry Hargrove out, but I guess that won't work. <laughs> but there's also another award, the APWA award as well, right? Absolutely. Um, that works. one there was uh, kind of uh, the uh, that's the uh, American Public Works Association, the and there's the Canadian and Alberta chapters, and uh, the city of Cold Lake won the award on that on uh, on you know it's public works week, it's community engagement, uh, and the amount of education that goes into the community and community awareness of, uh, the programs and services. So, um, that's another, uh, association that has recognized, and that's several years. I think uh, we were talking about that. It's around five to seven years in a row concurrently the city of Cold Lake has won, um, those awards, um, and being recognized, uh, throughout Canada for. Yeah. Well, it's a pretty good uh, start for get back into the podcast. We, we want to remind everybody that, uh, you know, the November 11th, the Remembrance Day ceremonies will be out at the Energy Centre. Come on out and support it. I think it's on a Saturday uh, this time. Um, I won't be in, in the city at, uh, that weekend, but uh, get out and support. Uh, you know, seeing what's going on overseas right now, uh, you know, we take it for granted how safe our country really is. Um, I don't think anybody wants to invade Canada because of, you know, what kind of, 
we're a bit different right now. But, uh, um, you know, do we do we really want to invade Canada with the way it is right now? But, uh, you know, we're very fortunate and we, we, we got a, a great men and women in the military. Um, and and it's, it's fantastic that we're finally going to give the, the, the members over at Four Wing a real plane, a new plane. Uh, the men and women have kept the F-18 up in the air for so, so long. It's incredible. Can you imagine driving a 40-year-old vehicle? I mean, my truck is old, but a 40-year-old vehicle, um, you know. How old is your truck? It's it's 208. Um, But uh, it, it, you know, when you go over on a tour of Four Wing and you see the the work involved in in keeping that plane up in the air, um, there's a lot of talent over there at Four Wing. And so come out and support them. Uh, The Remembrance Day ceremony is is over at the Energy Center. We get a couple thousand people come in. There you go.